And we're back with another episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. My name is Damien Greathead. I'm sitting in Sydney. It's uh, it's a grey and gloomy day here. Uh, my co-host, Penny Breslin, um, she's sitting in San Diego. Penny, how's, uh, how's your day going? Um, so far, so good. It's beautiful, sunny, and uh, nice 71 degrees. Perfect. Lovely. Um, did you get out and have a surf, or, or uh, how's the water? The water um, right now in Southern California is not something I want to jump <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, folks, um, we're back today on our uh, strategy in the virtual controller. Our website's satvc.co. Um, head over there and find all the latest episodes and any articles that we link to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so hopefully everyone knows the drill there. Last episode, Penny, we were talking about pricing. It was our first conversation about pricing. I think there's a couple of episodes. There's a, a few more episodes to come. And, and as as we said before, um, we're not the experts necessarily in pricing, but we've got enough bruises and we've been beaten up and made enough mistakes along the way. Uh, and so the idea over the next couple of episodes is to share our insights into pricing, um, particularly around that back office uh, support services and how to price those. So check out the last episode because we talked about um, billing by the hour. Uh, both Penny and I are fans of timesheets. Uh, they, they play a role in, in the firm um, and understanding how long it takes to do tasks is a really important part of the next phase of your pricing journey where we talk about fixed pricing. So check out that last episode uh, because I think there'll be some, it might give you some confidence and, and be okay with the idea of uh, those scenarios where billing by the hour makes sense, catch up, discovery. I mean, Penny, you even said you charge by the hour for some clients for the first three months because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Um, sometimes they don't know. And, and uh, uh, lately, um, it's been businesses that are startups that are in flux that uh, you're, you, you become part of defining the process going forward. And... Um, so things change and yeah. uh, and so you don't you know not that everything gets smooth ever uh but you can smooth some things out um and those things that you can smooth out those things that you can make repetitive those are the things you can bundle into a flat rate and and we actually touched on change orders as well and i think we'll probably dig in dig deeper into that today because if the if if the transaction but if you, as you said last week you've got to have someone keeping their eye on the on the gate on the ball in terms of what's actually going through the accounts and and as this traffic cop how much traffic is flowing because if we see an increase in traffic more transactions more employees uh, and we don't speak to the client about that that's only going to to erode your margin as we're doing more uh, for the same amount so keeping an eye well, on the ball is, is incredibly important and they're going to go what uh, the heck is that yeah oh, yeah, yeah. so let's let's um let's keep going on the on the pricing journey and let's jump into fixed pricing because i think uh, as you said the uh, the time and billing is is prone to surprises and clients actually none of us like surprises and, and particularly none of us like a surprising bill that we weren't expecting so fixed pricing helps overcome that and and it allows you and the client to sit down and actually decide on what it is exactly you are and are not going to do for the client 
But let's just sort of skip forward and say that we have come to agreement of certain accounting, bookkeeping, back office tasks. Penny, how do you approach the actual, how do you price um, price your activities? How do you know how to fix a price um, for, for your client's bookkeeping? Well, Stan, no, it's, it's kind of like labor intensive because I think you have to, when I, when I originally wrote this book, somebody asked me this once. I remember I was doing a panel discussion. A CPA was next to me. He goes, so when can I outsource to you? Because he was on the panel with me. And I go, wait a minute. Didn't you hear me tell you that before you can even do this, you have to be able to insource your clients and it, you have to go through these steps to get to that point? So one of the first steps we talked about way back in the beginning is deciding what you want to do. So if what you want to do is bookkeeping, you have to break the bookkeeping process down for a given client or vertical. I would say go vertical first, you know, just say this, because now you've got these kind of clients you can expect every day, every week, every month, and every quarter. This is the work that needs to get done for this type of business. So when you know what it is, we're doing accounts payable, uh, we do in payroll, uh, we do in bank reconciliations, allocations, um, and you you define out each of those as a task. Um, and I do, I, I take reconciliation as a separate task from allocation um, because AI can help me with allocation. Um, AI will eventually get to reconciliation, no doubt, but it's not quite there yet. Um, but uh, just like, what, do we need to do sales tax? returns for you. If we do, are you a monthly sales tax return person? Are you a quarterly sales tax? Do we need to deal with the fact that you're selling online through other states? Then do we have to deal with salt? Do we have do we have a, a threshold nexus? Do I have to bring in another app? So you have to kind of look at that. So you might say, I can do bookkeeping flat rate at these three prices. But I think you can only justify that if you have a vertical business that you're going after where you know that these are the things they're going to have to deal with. Certainly what you would flat rate price somebody with two employees is completely different than what you would flat rate somebody with five employees and has to deal with inventory. Whether or not the inventory is in the accounting program or not, it's an asset that you have to deal with at the end, at least at the end of the year. So just you have to look at what are the tasks. So I write out every single flipping bookkeeping task I can think of (laughs) and I look at what is the average time to manually do a transaction within that particular function okay so you're so you're getting down to that level of granularity so um let's say processing AP how how do you do that stack of bills on the left hand side if I know that it manually takes a human to take a invoice, type it into an accounting program, set it up for a bill, and then set it up for payment. It takes them three minutes for a human to do it, right? So depending on this, they might get a little bit quicker once they know the program, but you have to go, you always go with the worst case scenario. So it takes three minutes to do one bill. I can add in an app, that would probably cut that down to maybe at best 45 seconds. And I'd still have to have somebody kind of review it, click on it, approve it, pay it. So add that in. So now we're at a minute 45. So it's minute 45 to do a bill in a best case scenario using AI. AI means I've got a third party app sitting over on top of it. 
So um, sometimes that app's going to cost me money. Sometimes it's not. But um, so now, how many average uh, bills do you send out, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner or Ms. Business Owner or whatever it is the pronoun wants to be? How many bills do you send out on average every month? And that's what I'm going to have to touch. I'm going to have to deal with that. So I multiplied that. I don't multiply it by the 1.45 I hope to get. I multiply it by the three minutes. Mm. Because there's always a little time before and after you complete a task. That's is thinking time. Um, and and uh, Penny, before we go on, can I just sort of, how did you get to three minutes? And, and if, if sort of listeners are thinking, I so, so basically get it, yeah, get a stack of bills and, and pay it, pay them and then divide by the total I number of bills. I sat down and put timers. I did time, I did time and motion studies. Yep. You know, and I did it based on um, worst case scenario. You're going to get a paper bill. You're going to have to mm-hmm. open the envelope and you're going to have to key it in because I don't have a guarantee that you, the business owner, are going to do 100% what I want with the technology or that the technology is always going to work perfectly or that even all your vendors are going to send you stuff via. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's surprising, but I still get people who want to deal with paper and I'm going, sorry, mm-hmm. I don't have a place for you to send that paper. But um, but still, worst case scenario, three minutes. But that time and motion study is an important part. And, and to your point about it being, it can be a bit labor intensive early on. Mm-hmm. It's better to have a, 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 a good understanding and complete visibility into that time and motion. Yeah. Because that's going to dramatically impact your your realization and your margin and at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah, sure. Got it. And, Thank and- you. So I've got AP. The, word, the, the most difficult thing to, I think, outsource is uh, AR. Um, but uh, the basics, uh, you know, accounts payable, allocation, reconciliation, payroll, you know, you, you got a third-party payroll system. I mean, even with the third-party payroll system, you're still having to manage some. And there are some out there that are just will rock you. I mean, they, they're just perfect. But you're still having to negotiate especially with smaller businesses the larger the business it's a little bit easier it's a little bit more uh fully functional for you um um organizing source documents takes time and if you are a bookkeeper if you're doing bookkeeping for any business you need to put in time to organize the documents that you receive whether they're electronic or uh paper probably 90% electronic now. Um, And then the time it takes for somebody also to create the task, to to put the documents where they need to be named a certain way, you know, that takes time. Because when Mm. you get a client's document, you, you know, hopefully you're attaching it if you can into an online accounting program, but you still are storing it somewhere in some, uh, cloud storage, whether you share with the client or not. And it has to have a naming convention to it. And you have to develop that naming convention because otherwise it just gets outrageously ridiculous and you have too much duplication. And um, And you'll never be able to find anything. Yeah. And and, and actually, as as we're sort of, as you're talking about um, 
the, the different functions and the different technology. You've, you've got the AP, you've got the payroll. I, I sort of go back to our little black dress um, episode a couple of weeks ago where this is where that standardization is so important, isn't it? And and, and proving those tools because you, you don't want the team to have to be um, masters of three and four different payroll systems and, and three and four different AP systems because that's going to bring um, variability into the business, which again uh, is going to impact that margin and, and the amount of time uh, associated with the various tasks. So a um, bit of a and shout I out to the that, Black. And I live, I live in that world, right? Yeah. Because the CPAs that outsource to us, they all have their own little black dress. If they don't, mm-hmm. they, they certainly get one, certainly after they stop working with <laughs> And um, in fact, I just, I just had a really great, awesome email this morning from a fairly new CPA firm that said, okay, now, now we're going to pay you through bill.com. And I'm going, yeah, you at least got it for your own firm. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> little uh, steps, Penny. It's the little wins, isn't it? <laughs> I know it's a little, it was a little win, but I, I was so grateful for it. Uh, but, uh, and so if you can verticalize it, it's great. Like I don't get to live in that world. So I had to build vertical teams to go with a, with a firm that would come because, you know, basically, you know, our clients, they're all in the same apps. Uh, the same apps sell to Zero and QBO and to Accounting Suite and Sage and all that. So we have, we'll go, okay, you're using Gusto Payroll, you're over on this team. You're using Intuit Payroll, you're over on this team. You're using Patriot. Okay, we got that. So, yeah. Because I, 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 I want to cross-train my teams, but I want the ones who are working in this stuff day in and day out to be extremely efficient and understand that the program that they're in very deeply. I might have superficial knowledge of it. In fact, I tell people that. I go, I only know so much. My team does all the rest. They do all the deep diving stuff. But so we have specialist teams built on vertical uh, tech stacks, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to, you don't want to have that in your office. So if somebody comes to you and they're using a different app, then you have to really think about, you know, if, is it, are they using that app because it's real critical to their business and because it works so well? All right. But if it takes you out of your comfort zone, you need to add a little bit onto that because now you're going to be keeping abreast of two technologies that do the same thing. And nine times out of ten, Penny, um, a client's very few clients are are tied to the application, the accounting applications that they typically come to you with, um, unless, of course, it is a very specific vertical with a very specific need. Uh, but most people come to um, come to their accountant with with whatever their last accountant recommended or whoever set up their books initially. So, I, I don't think I, I haven't heard too many. Um, cases where clients are so um, in love and enamored with their payroll or with their AP that they're not willing to change to what the accountant, the expert is recommending for their back office. So just because I, I that was one of the traps that we saw with Receipt Bank um, is that practitioners and, and would th- thought that they had to know every single expense management app because their clients were coming with with all different types of expense management apps. But actually, the clients were looking for their accountant to advise them on 
the best tools for the job. So I, I think that's a really important opportunity for accountants to add value to help streamline their clients' back office. So don't feel as though you have to take on a new app because my goodness, you will um, you will you will be overwhelmed very quickly um, if you take on any app that comes through the door. So head back to that little black dress episode and, and check that one out. Yep. The other thing that I um, that you want to put into this is, uh, um, you know, analysis time. So um, what I do on my uh, my worksheet with all my formulas is go, okay, my team. My team consists of maybe uh, two CPAs, and we have maybe five bookkeepers, and we have three admin staff. And we schedule, if we're going to do this back office work, and we're going to do it in, for our clients, and we're not, I'm not talking about somebody who's doing maybe tax work. I'm taking tax work off the table yet, because that's a, that's a, that's a hoss of another color. This is reoccurring. You were touching the client stuff all the time. Um, so you're going to have meetings about that client and you need to add, roll that up into your pricing. So say you have a weekly meeting, you all get together for lunch and you discuss the clients you're dealing with. So maybe one client takes up the whole hour of the meeting, maybe five minutes for each client. But then I take, okay, what's the hourly price that I break down to pay somebody during that meeting to be in that meeting, to give me the information I need to do the work for the client as like maybe the CFO. Okay. So what's my time? What's their time? Um, so I kind of break it down. I go, okay, any given team can handle this many clients. So I'm going to, I'm going to charge every client a percentage of that hour onto their flat monthly bookkeeping. And, and I, I think that's, that's an important one. I've seen your analysis sheet, but you've got training in there. You've got meetings. Um, I mean, discovery should be in there as well. Um, discovery is hourly. I'm sorry. Discovery is hourly. <laughs> discovery is always hourly. Yeah. I, I, I have seen some firms where they just put in a flat $500 um, or $1,000 or something along those lines for the for the – for the for those meetings that are apparently initial consultations, which are which are free initial consultations, yeah. the actual cost of that is factored into the the overall billing. So it might not be discovery, but it's certainly yeah. those extra meetings in the lead up. It's the team, it's the training uh, to make sure that the the price that you give is inclusive of all these uh, of all these. Um, I was going to say extracurricular, but all of the activities around the actual. Um, bookkeeping function well yeah I, I i mean if you look at all the articles if you just look at the, at the at the at the way this industry is changing and the focus that's being put on what it is people want from their business finance manager cfo bookkeeper i don't care wh what your terminology is if you are handling somebody's money and you're 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 taking an asset of this and you're breaking it down so that one they understand how much money they've got coming in, how much profit they have, how what they have to pay in taxes. You're doing all of that stuff for them. You are going to be seen as the person that they're going to call up at a drop of the hat whenever there's a money question. And so you've got to make sure that you're available to do that 
you got to make sure that when you're doing it, you don't feel like you're getting taken advantage of. And you don't want your client to feel like I'm afraid to ask you these questions because you're going to bill me. So you've got to take into a fact that that stuff actually goes on every single day. That stuff goes on all the time. And it's not just you and the client talking, it's you. And even if it's in your office, your bookkeeper dealing with the client, your bookkeeper may be dealing with an employee of your client. So when figure in organization time, figure in how long does it take to set up the tasking and I have to manage the tasking. You know, one of the things I find with, uh, with workflows is one of the things we do, we do in, I think I, I talked about this before is we go in and we close out and complete tasks that somebody else already did, but they did it months ago and they never completed it because, you know, but that takes time. That takes time. And then people don't do that because they think they got to get to the next chaos critical moment. Whereas if you, if you actually gave yourself the breathing space, be honest with your client, be honest with yourself about really what it takes for you to work, do a good job and breathe at the same time. And what do you do there, Penny? Do you sort of just for the Q&A and the back and forth, do you just sort of, is that a gut thing based on the transaction volume, the number of employees, it's probably going to be about five hours a month or or, or do you act, and 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 do you say to the client, I've factored in five hours because there's gonna there's always gonna be some back and forth, and uh, sometimes it'll be six hours, sometimes it'll be four hours across the course of the month. But I don't want you to feel as though you you can't talk to me. Like how do you how do you do that on your analysis yeah, sheet, and then how do you talk about that with your client? That that's a good question. Um, that's when I think verticalization comes in. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's not just comes in, but that's another reason for it is because the same types of businesses are going to have the same types of issues. They're going to have the same types of hours that it's going to take to do their work. Um, but, you know, after you've done your discovery, and I think that after three months, you go back and, and in a service level agreement, I would write in in three months, we're going to come back and we're going to revisit what we're doing. Once we get to that reoccurring stuff. We've got discovery. We got everything done. We've got flow. We got, we've got you guys in the apps we want you in. We've got information flowing every week. We're, we're, we're doing a soft close. If that's what it is that you want and that's what you're paying for. Now I've got three months of that under my belt. Cause even like with the bank statement, I'll look at a bank statement. I'll take three months in, in, in that best part of the year. Cause some businesses are seasonal and I'll go, okay, how many transactions are in those three months? How many bank accounts, how many credit card accounts, how many transactions? So I know I got three months under my belt with you. And in the service level agreement, they sign off with, we're going to reevaluate this at the end of three months. And I'll tell you what, if it's costing me a little bit less than I expect, and I can give the client that Benny, and it's a good client, and they've been very cooperative, I might go back to them and say, look at you know something? We can do this a little bit cheaper. Do you think that I'm going to lose the client? Do you think I'm, the client's going to go, oh, no, usually, you know, I'll tell you what happens. They go, well, wait a minute. Can you do this now? Since you got the time? Mm. Just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, and- but, but you can also go back to them and say, you know, like we did with that client in Spain. Going, mm. Dude. 350 transactions on a daily basis, a little bit more than what you told us was going to happen. You know, I know. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on. You told us this, but you're well, actually no, it, doing... It wasn't, it wasn't that his business went from zero to like overnight. 
Um, so uh, it was just one of those things. Um, mm. I've had three of them do that just this year, and I think I'm going to give up. I mean, I, this this going to have to be my last book because I can't do these anymore. These experiments <laughs> burning me up. <laughs> So, Penny, if we're, if we're on the fixed prices, we've, we've done our time and motion studies. We've, we've gone in and done good discovery. We've got the bank three months' worth of transactions. We've got three months' worth of AP to, to guess. You know what? So, uh, there are some other things I add in there, though. Yeah. I have apps that are client-facing that are in there. Like if you've got, you know, Bill.com or Gusto Payroll or, or Melio. Melio doesn't, you know, really cost you anything, so that's cool. But uh, but if if... You've got these costs. You break them up. Those go directly to the client. You can mm. say, you can either take the bill yourself, like QuickBooks Online or Zero, pay it yourself, and then bill the client for whatever it is. I do whatever it, Intuit charges me, whatever Zero charges me, that's what I charge the client. Other people do it a different way. That's totally up to them. Um, but there's also other apps that you're using in your office, like Workflow. Mm. Workflows cost you fifty dollars a month per user. Actually, workflow is not cheap, is it? <laughs> no, it's not cheap. It's not cheap, and we got to. Or talk document about management. That. It is not cheap for goddamn good reason because it does. If you use it, I don't care which one you use, as long as you use it well, you will live a better life. But that fifty dollars a month, take a piece of that. Yeah. And add that into the bill too. You know, just figure that cost into it. So what's your overhead cost to manage all of your clients and charging each a little piece of it? So maybe it's an extra dollar a month because you're paying for workflow that's tracking 20 of their tasks every month, right? It's workflow yeah, that you, you have to you pay off, of... you have to maintain, and you have to train somebody on. Across, across a across a client across your own team workflow can add up but also yeah. if you sure. spread it across your client base it can it can be easily um easily yes. captured now if okay so i've got i've got my transactions i've got my meeting time i've got my training time i've got my software and then if i I'm add an hour at, of my time in period yeah now I, I guess my question is, so I've got one column of the, the the spreadsheet or the analysis worksheet. What do I put in in the rate? Am I putting in a blended rate or am I putting Penny's time for that one hour? That's $500 an hour. My reconciliation team is... Um, yes, is... the blended rate on those tasks where it takes two or three people, you have to break it down. So like if I'm going to have my meeting, who's in the meeting? I'm going to have the bookkeeper, myself, and maybe an admin person. So I'm putting in, I take an hour meeting for a client as an hour of my time, an hour of the bookkeeper's basic payroll hourly rate and the admin's hourly rate. Okay, I'm going to have in that one hour meeting, I'm going to discuss these five clients and we have that scheduled to do it every month. Okay, that's what I'm going to charge those five clients that broken up within that hour of those three hourly rates. It, but if it's just my hour time, my consulting hour that I give them every month, where we spend an hour discussing their KPIs, whatever it is that they want to discuss, whatever is, you, you can great, create a schedule. There's really good, uh, Mark Wickersham has it, uh, Ron Baker has it, 
um, that where you could say, you know, these are the compliance things you have to deal with every all year long. The United States is really good at this. We have lots yeah. of compliance states compared to other countries. And but it doesn't mean that that's the way the conversation is going to happen. And it may mean that your your one hour with your client for one month is only five minutes. But two months later down the line, that hour is used up and you still have to talk to the client. You're not going to stop nickel and dime because you got away with five minutes on a prior one. So it kind of gives you a base to low level. So that hourly rate is just my hourly rate added into that spreadsheet. And, and then basically at the end of it, once you've done your discovery, you've plugged it into the, the, the worksheet with mm-hmm. your time and motion studies, your blended rates, et cetera, a monthly price should be spat out. Is that right? Yep. It's a month. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a monthly cost. Ah, okay. It's monthly your cost. cost. It's your cost that you're figuring out. Then you can look at. Now, I can tell you this. You've been in the room when I've presented this to accountants, right? And they'll go, so what did you charge him? And I'll go, well, what would you charge him? <laughs> My cost. I, I did this one client who was a restaurant. Um and on this, and this is this was dated 2013, so please just bear with me on the amounts. But it's payables, uh, bill.com. They had to do daily sales summaries. They had uh, payroll, uh, bank recs, uh, organization of source document, um, online banking matching all accounts, review uh, the work. So somebody's got to review the work of the preparer who did all the bookkeeping. Uh, internal weekly team meetings, uh, client owner meeting with me and the client, and then monthly sales tax. Um, The sales tax reconciliation is different than submitting the sales tax form. So I had it broken down into two. Um, Inventory database management, um, zero there because they had another program and we just did an inventory asset at the end of the year for the tax accountant. Uh, Expense tracking, um, monthly financial analysis based on the KPIs that they wanted, um, a percentage of my workflow fees to pay for my workflow for my team. And because they were on hosted QuickBooks, the ASP hosting cost back then. And uh, yeah, and um, an hour of my time. And I came up with a total cost of $993.12. To do that work to complete them, close them out every month. And, and so, what did you charge them? Or what did they, well, so, me, and- me, what I said I would charge <laughs> them is double that. And you know what the accountants in the room said? Oh, honey, you can get a lot more than that for that. Yeah. Like, you can't go for it. I would have said at least triple it because that, that's sort of that's one of the rules. It's sort of three times your cost um, is one of the general rules in in that sort of same as last year approach. But but I mean that, that's sort of interesting, like. That so was a long laundry list. I say that I undercharged them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but that was a long laundry list of, of what you're doing for them. Um, but, 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 but I've but, got it broken down like, you know, the payables, uh, uh, total hour of time needed for the month to do their payables. Yeah. I've yeah, got yeah. it broken. And I just, you know, the multipliers are all there. And um, so, yeah, they just did, they just, and, you know, this is all contingent on them using, you know, bank feeds into QuickBooks, bill.com for paying their bills. All of that was, you know, built into it. We're going to do this 
you mm-hmm. know. And we were just doing daily sales zeals for you know tracking the deposits and stuff. So the biggest problem with with them was you know the credit cards because it was a restaurant. But you could you could take this into a service business and and it was a lot less. Now remember the time that the amounts I'm telling you were based on 2013 pricing. 2013 and also your your labor force, which is in India, Chennai. Yeah, yeah. So so I think that's two caveats that, that are important: 2013 and and where your labor is based. But but I mean I think it's. And, and maybe this is a topic for our next episode. If, if you're sort of, let's just say you were doing it for $1,000, you were charging $2,000 to a client. Um, that's a phenomenal opportunity for accountants and bookkeepers to go to their clients to say, I know you've already got a bookkeeper, but are you getting the most out of them? And are you, are you happy with that relationship? And, and is there an opportunity for us to, to take on some of this work because we can probably do it quicker, better, faster, cheaper. Um, and not only that, you got the data. We do need to have a conversation. You got the data that's real to do a tax return slam dunk. So you're not like, you're not like, you've already collected all the documents. You've got control of everything. So there's no more, last minute they're bringing me the tax stuff. So you can load level your tax return work. It's going to be faster and easier to do the tax return. Um, and in some cases, you may want to even just throw it in because mm-hmm. you, if you want to you know, get a little bit more on the month to month. But there are other things that accountants are doing that can help their clients. And not, you've, you've got an opportunity because you're, you've got control of all that data. You get, you've got that information. And, it, and if you use your team properly, you've got the space in your own life to, have the, to look at the client's work and actually help them make good decisions going forward, not backward. I can use historical data to make conscious, variable moves into the future to make effective changes. And I think that's why client accounting services, and I've actually seen it extended now to client accounting and advisory services, I think are one of the fastest growing service lines in an accounting firm because the technology and is is there that enables you to do it, but it just unlocks an enormous amount of potential within your client base. Um, and and I think uh, again another topic: how do we price those advisory services? We we can discuss that. Um, That's uh, in value one of the next added, episodes. Though, isn't it? The value add, which is actually you, which is your gravy, isn't it? Because yeah, this is where you're going to make. This is this yeah. is your overhead management. How do I keep the doors open? Everything else becomes gravy. So I think we've got a couple of episodes there. We've got how do we actually talk about this with our clients for them to see us as the the ideal partner to provide this back office support services? And then how do we how do we step into that advisory role and charge for those services? Because as you said, Penny, you're in this data day in, day out. Um, that's what gives you the ability to bring insight into the client's business. That's what gives you the ability to to do that slam dunk tax return, uh, to do proper tax planning and business planning, which I think is where the money is, where the value is, and it's it's where the client relationship and that trust is is when really built. Isn't it? You can do verticals, and once you get solid with one vertical, you can you can if you want to expand your business and go, I'm going to hire another team, and I'm going to start another vertical. 
But the thing is, when you're in that vertical too, is you've, you're collecting data acro- across the same kind of businesses across a geographic area. And that gives you a much more in-depth view into how that business overall, that business type is moving along. What's the future of it? Where's it going to go? Um, we're all worried about where we're all going to go. We're all going to go yeah. the same place. But. <laughs> in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe maybe on that note, Penny, that's where we, where we where we 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 um we finish up today's episode. So a um, couple more episodes. Well, there's probably a few more episodes on on pricing and and sharing some of our insights as we move into the value add, as we move into the actual talking to our clients about it, the objection handling, um, because I know a client's always going to come back and and say, well, if we do this, is that going to make it cheaper? But let's hold. Hold off on that until um, till the next episode. So, Penny, um, any final thoughts on the fixed pricing side of things other than develop that worksheet, get develop back into the, the spreadsheet? Watch everything. And you know what? Make it clear to your client that this is something we're going to reevaluate in three months and then again in six months. And pay attention because hopefully your client's business due to your wonderful advisory services is growing and therefore they need more work and that's more available to, more time fantastic ladies and gentlemen um satvc.co satvc.co is where you can find all the episodes for strategy and the virtual controller a couple of new a couple of uh, reviews came in penny so um short and sharp one from db account just said helpful guide helpful guidance for seamless automation uh five stars there and then another one good insights to help me grow Five stars from Jetta. Really useful tips and insights from Damien and Penny on how to run an accounting firm. As they say themselves, it's not rocket science, but good reminders to help me stay focused on what's important to my business. Um, so, folks, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, do us a favor, um, write a review for us, give us a rating. That's going to help uh, bump up our uh, bump up our position on uh, on the various podcast uh, platforms and and help get the word out and uh, uh, attract more listeners. But um, until next time, Penny, it's always a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you on our next episode. Have a good one, Damien.